You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. All right, it's Wednesday, and I'm here with Jim Johnson. Hey, everybody. And Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. So, we got the 49ers coming up this week. Who's excited? Well, I'm excited to have another football game, but uh, I'm not really sure I'm excited about our chances traveling across the country. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't hurt uh, Seattle any. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, I noted. Kirk's uh, theory... Went out the yeah, window, out didn't the it? window. <laughs> right. Um, Seattle's been playing well coming across. You know, I, I think that's a little bit overrated to some extent. You know, I mean, teams, good teams win regardless. Bad teams lose regardless. It doesn't matter where they're going. You know, San Francisco's a good team, and uh, we're going to have our hands full. There's no question. Well, they're kind of beat up, Blue. They were beat up, Mike. I don't know if they're going to be so beat up come this weekend. It, not on offense, at least. I mean, uh, some of the guys are coming back, supposedly. Is that accurate? Or they practiced, at least? Well, Garoppolo uh, was limited in practice today, and, and the running back came back. Right. Mozart. Yep. Yep. That'll be a help if they get those two guys back, because they don't really have an awful lot of depth at running back right now. Uh, because they lost uh, one of their other running backs earlier in the season as well, Tevin Coleman. So, um, you know, they do have McKinnon, who's been hurt the last couple of years, but behind him, not an awful lot. So if Mozart comes back, it's definitely going to be a plus for them. There's no question about that. And um, right, I know, well, well, good. I know they got Samuel, well, Sam, Samuel back last year, Debo Samuel back last week as well, which is, you know, he, he's probably their best receiver. So they're getting a little bit healthy on the offensive side. So how we just, how do we stop them? That's a good question. Uh, on offense, they're, they're not, you know, they're not a, a, usually a high scoring team, but they did just get Kittle back and he, he went off to the, you know, caught every ball that went his way, 15 for 15, uh, pushing 200 yards. So Obviously, that's got to be our main concern is to try to try to slow the guy down and, and limit his catches and his Jim, impact I don't, on the I game. I don't think we've stopped a tight end since Nixon was president. I, it might have been uh, just before he was elected. Yeah, that's definitely a problem, but it, it, they've got to do something to slow the roll with, uh, with Kittle or else it's going to be over early. So you're yeah, going to have to try something. I, I don't. You have to slow him down to some extent. I mean, they have to throw coverages his way. They got to jam him at the line of scrimmage. They got to do all kinds of things because everything goes through him. He's their best offensive player, and that includes their quarterback. You know, Garoppolo is he's pretty solid, but he's not over. The, he's not Russell Wilson. I can tell you that. Um, their receivers are sneaky good. You know, Debo Samuel and uh, this kid Ayuk who, you know, just he showed what he can do the other night. Uh, They're sneaky good. Uh, They're not like the tandem we played last week. They're not not as good, but they are both very solid football players, and they're both very young and very quick. 
but everything goes through Kittle. Uh, their running game is pretty good. You know, they're both of their running backs, Mozart, who you mentioned, Mike is averaging over six yards a carry. Before he got hurt, he was averaging over six yards a carry. And McKinnon's averaging close to six yards a carry. So this team can run the football. Their offensive line is pretty solid. Um, you know, you, you just have to hope that our defensive line can hold up against their offensive line and somehow, some kind of way, they slow Kittle down. And, uh, you know, you've got a shot here. I mean, they're not a dynamic offense. They're nothing like, you know, again, they're nothing like Seattle, but, uh, you know, they can beat you. You know, they're, they're, listen, they're a Super Bowl team and they are banged up on that offensive side, but uh, they were banged up, I should say, on that offensive side, but they are getting healthy. And of course, you know, with our luck, you know, we're walking right into that. So uh, this is probably the healthiest they're going to be in a few weeks if they do, in fact, get those two guys back. So, um, you know, they're, they're gonna, it's going to be a task, but uh, not impossible. Not impossible. Nothing's impossible, right? You win any week, you go out there. It's just a matter of uh, playing your best. Right. Yeah, I think that's why they play the games, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, look at last week. I mean, you know, going in there, you know, Seattle coming in, I mean, we really thought that it was, you know, they were just going to go up and down the field and our defense acts actually held their own. So, you know, we'll see. This isn't as good an offense. So, um, you know, we'll see how they stack up against them. And hopefully, uh, are we getting our cornerback this, back this week? I mean, that would be a plus. Did he practice, Mike? I don't know. I didn't see anything in regard to I the reports as far as the Dolphin either. players. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything myself, to be honest with you. Right. I, I, I tend to doubt it. Uh, we'd already heard the big news, probably. You know, the the thing is, though, you know, we talked about Kittle and how do we stop it. I, I think we've got to put a body on him on the line and slow his his break, disrupt his pattern, whatever it is, and then give some, you know, put a second body on him, you know, later in the route, do some type of modified zone coverage specifically for Kittle and try to try to man up best we can with those other receivers who, like you mentioned, Lou, are, are kind of sneaky good, but they're not that obvious threat that you've got a double team to, to make sure they don't kill you. I think Kittle is the main objective to, uh, to, to slow in this game. He is the problem. I mean, there's no question about that. The problem that I foresee is who is that player going to be? And, you know, we don't have a linebacker, obviously, capable of doing it. And I don't believe any of our safeties are capable of doing it. Now, you know, do you put Xavier Howard on him and just have him follow him all over the field? I mean, that's an option. And then maybe double up with a safety. But um, I'll tell you what, Jim, if you put a linebacker up on him, at the line of scrimmage and then double up with one of our safeties, I think he's still going to be successful regardless of the fact. So, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. Um, it, it, he's, he's, he's a beast. He's fast. He's strong. Uh, he's, he's an incredible athlete. I mean, you look across the NFL and you look at every position in the league and Kittle's got to be a top 10 guy in the NFL right now, as far as, uh, regardless of whatever position 
you know, you look at him and he, he's at the top of his game. He's one of the best players in football right now. So he's going to be a task. And I just don't know if we have the personnel on the defensive side to, you know, to actually slow him down in any way, shape or form. Unless, of course, you know, they, they just have Howard trail him all over the field. Um, you know, I don't see that happening either. But <laughs> if I was a defensive coordinator, I'd definitely consider it because um, he makes a lot of plays for that team. What you think about the other side of the ball? Well, go ahead, Jim. I'll let you start on that one. The issue here is kind of a concern for me after last week's game. We seem to be playing a, a different, uh, maybe a more conservative game or something. We didn't go deep pass as much. We didn't stretch the field a whole lot against uh, Seattle. And I, I was kind of scratching my head wondering why. I, I understand uh, they're trying to get the ball out quick so they don't have time to see plays develop uh, that extra second or so. Uh, I get that. But if you don't stretch the field, they're just going to jam the box and, and, and slow everything else you try to do. Jim, so, Jim Fitzpatrick's been getting the ball out on an average of 2.2 seconds. Yeah, that's that's like That's more than fast, quick. That's, yeah, that's second that's, fastest in the league. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of time to be looking at your second and third reads on that. Pretty much you're you're going with your first instinct there. That takes pressure off your all your rookie offensive linemen. Uh, it does a lot of things to help. Negate. Speaking, of, speaking of that, we may not have Jackson this week. Yeah, I saw that, and that's a problem um, because that's how the 49ers, you know, are successful against the pass. They don't have any superstar secondary, and they're beat up. They've got injuries, so you'd think teams would be able to take advantage of that, but they're still one of the league leaders in pass defense, and they're doing it by getting pressure on the quarterback. So uh, when you pressure the quarterback, it, it it goofs up all your routes, all your pass plays. So they're getting it done one way or the other, and we're going to have to utilize our tight ends, which Gazeki was pretty much absent last week. Uh, you know, we need to get him back involved somehow, be it Smythe, Gazeki, or whoever. But we've got to get that that short to middle range game going again. You don't think that, Chan Gelly's listening, do you? This is what was so confusing against Seattle. I really didn't see anything. You know, I kept saying they need to do this. Why don't they do that? And and I just never saw much of those type of plays down the field. Well, let's be honest now. They they moved the ball pretty good against uh, Seattle. They really did. It, w- uh-huh. it wasn't until they got to the 20-yard line that everything yeah. kind of got befuddled. When it started to really get to crunch time in, in the, you know, you know, below the 20, it, it got hard for sure. You know, they did move the ball well, but you didn't see those chunk plays that we had seen in earlier this games. Is true. This so is true. that does, when you get a chunk play, the, the defense kind of gets on their heels a little bit. But let me ask you something. Don't, yep. don't you think maybe that was sort of by design, trying to keep the, you know, Russell Wilson on the bench? That's exactly what we talked about on the last podcast last Wednesday. As we right. said, we've got to try to keep their offense off the field, and so they they maybe, did accomplish Maybe we that. shouldn't criticize them for that. I think what we should criticize them for is is not being effective in the red zone. That that's really it. I, I don't have a problem with them uh, being conservative on offense, but you've still got to be able to drive it in when you need to. Yeah, 
Yeah, the absence of uh, Williams and Gazeki making plays in that game didn't help any of that either because uh, they were basically uh, no-shows on the stat sheet at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, can, you, can't, you can't play football games and, and possess the football as much as they did and have those long drives and not come away with touchdowns. It's that simple. Absolutely. And, That's a- and, and, you know, regardless of the fact, I mean, they, they accomplished what they wanted to. But in the red zone, just too conservative. Uh, third and five, you're running the football. And, and, you know, again, Mike, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, we didn't make this point um, to uh, overly – we didn't we didn't get into it as much as I wanted to, but you don't have a dynamic running back to where you have a guy that you can hand the ball off to on third and five and expect him to get into the end zone. You know what I'm saying? We don't have a Marshawn Lynch. We don't have an Adrian Peterson in his heyday. So why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. You don't even have your best running back, as far as I'm concerned, in that situation on the field that you're handing the ball to. So. You know, in, in those situations, it doesn't make sense. So I understand the coaching staff and what they were attempting to do, and they were successful in doing it. But the bottom line is you didn't win a football game and you didn't get into the end zone when you had when you had opportunities to. And, you know, again, you know, you've got to get the ball or at least attempt to get the ball into your best player's hands. And, you know, inside that 10-yard line, Parker's got to see a pass. He's just got to. Inside the 20, same thing. You know, I, I don't I don't really care how you get it done. You have to get it done. And, uh, you know, there may be some blame among the players there, but, you know, the coaches have to take, you know, take some of the blame as well. Uh, you know, when they, when they settle for five field goals over the course of a game. I mean, that's, that's crazy. One of, one of Mike's favorite sayings when we're talking about, you know, the things we need to do to win games, uh, and his favorite saying is, score more points. And you did everything right. We possessed the ball. We kept Seattle on the sidelines and Russell Wilson on the sidelines watching. But we didn't score any points. And all those field goals are moral victories for the, for the Seattle defense. They kept them out of the end zone. And, uh, you know, that's like defeating in a way when you've got to settle for a field goal. So getting back to what I was saying earlier, Mike, so we were in the red zone a lot. So we were, we were obviously moving the ball. So maybe we need to take a shot when we're 30 yards out. Something like that, but we've got to we've got to convert something better, obviously, to stretch that field. Is all I was getting at because I didn't see much. Well, I, I would think know, if they can if they can slow down the 49ers defensive front, right. that's a big if. Yep. Then I think you're going to take more chances. Yeah, they're Either second. That or, you know, Go ahead. you keep somebody else in and, and don't send as many receivers out. You know, you bring another tight end in the block. You do mm-hmm. something to to allow you the opportunity to stretch the field a little bit. Right. You, you, and on top of that, you have to get more imaginative. I mean, you know, the jet sweep, we didn't see once. We didn't even see him in motion, Grant, you know, coming behind 
uh, in front of Fitzpatrick and shotgun. You need to do something to deceive the linebackers and and the team on the other side of the football. And you just didn't see that. I mean, we were successful on that one jet sweep to Grant two weeks ago, and we didn't see it once this week. And I don't care whether they hand the ball to him or not. You're getting the defense thinking, and that's what they need to do. There was just no imagination there. Um, they did a very good job at moving the football. Yes, that's correct. But again, no points and no chunk plays, as Jim mentioned earlier. And you have to have those type of plays. You have to have a defense thinking in the back of their mind, okay, what do they got up their sleeve right now? I mean, if I'm defending the Dolphins right now and what we saw of them last week, they're a pretty easy team to defend. Uh, You know, they have to execute perfectly to move the football. And to Parker's credit and to Fitzpatrick's credit, those balls and those first downs, you know, to Isaiah Ford as well, we can throw him in the mix, are perfectly executed plays. And that's why they were successful. I mean, there's no separation. Uh, you know, there's no imagination involved. There's simple slants and they're just executing the plays perfectly. So you have to get a little bit more imaginative on offense. You have to start getting the defense thinking on different terms because, as I said, Mike, on Monday, you know, teams are watching us on film. They're sitting on all this stuff right now, and it's gonna that's going to become less and less successful. So they have to have a change of pace this week. They have to do a lot of things differently. Um, I saw where uh, Chan Gailey made the uh, the comment in regard to getting Preston Williams in a little bit. They have to get him more involved, and uh, that that's a key as well. You know, because if Parker is getting all that attention, you know Williams is man the man, and he's got to make plays on the other side. He's they got, got to at least to. attempt it. He's, yeah. he's got he's got to make plays. That's just it. Same yeah, with Gasecki. Has- Same exact thing with Gasecki. Mm-hmm. And to add to your points, Lou, I'll just mention that that we kept, you know, Mighty Mouse Grant and uh, we signed Brita, two of the fastest guys on the team, that probably the fastest guys, and we're not really trying to utilize that speed. Now, I don't know what the reasoning is for it, you know, coaches know best and all this mumbo jumbo, but if I brought these guys in, I'd be wanting to use them somehow, and I don't see them getting utilized, and, and that's a concern for me as well. Agreed. Absolutely. We talked about that on Monday. You know, Brita, uh, it, it's just interesting. You know, I'm I'm really not sure what the issue is. I don't think that his talent level has uh, slipped, you know, from last year to this year. Uh, he's on the field. Uh, Gaskins, again, you know, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He's done a very good job. But I think when you're in a situation where you need some chunk plays that you talked about, I think Brita gives you another really good option for those type of situations. And uh, I don't mind both of them being on the field at the same time. I talked about that on Monday as well. I mean, you know, you had Laird and you had Gaskins on the field in week one. Um, You know, why not throw something like that at at a defense as well? Um, You know, we talked about their defensive front and they're very strong. They're a good, good front. There's no question about it. They put pressure on the quarterback, those four guys. Uh, Most of their sacks have come from their defensive line this year. But their secondary, they have their first stringers and their second stringers banged up. So, um, you know, you've got to challenge. You've got to get them thinking. You got to get, you know, you got to take their confidence away early and, um, you know, get them thinking about different things. And let's just hope they're a lot more aggressive on offense. Uh, That's the only way you're going to win this football game. 
All right, so the big news this morning was uh, Flores came out and said that uh, two is not ready to start yet. Mm -hmm. Jim, what are your thoughts on that? I think basically that everybody is just too invested in that number five draft pick. We're watching Herbert making plays and... uh, you know, Joe Burrow up in Cincinnati got his first win, so everybody says we got to have Tua in here. He's the solution. You know, Fitzpatrick's throwing seven interceptions. He needs to go. Blah blah blah. And uh, I don't see it that way. I I I see it more. I'd rather him sit and digest as much NFL scheme, theory, playbook. You know, just situational football in the NFL before he gets thrown into the fire. And he's coming off a serious hip injury. Yes, it's supposed to be 100% healed. And yes, he's supposed to be ready to play. Flores has said that. But if we don't need to throw him into the fire, let's let him heal up a little bit more. Those interceptions I talked about with Fitz, well, you know, two-thirds of them were on the, you know, the offensive players that either batted the ball or fell down or turned the wrong way so you know it's not all on the negative side and all of these people saying that he should be playing I guess they're smarter than Flores and uh, they know a lot more than Flores about it well we think we're smarter than Gailey so it's only fair well (laughs) I can second guess a game plan a lot better than I can about a situation on a quarterback I've never met. I've never seen his x-rays. I, have met, I haven't really, you know, I, I don't know anything about it. You know what I'm saying? We haven't and seen I'm not, play this I'm year. Not, I'm not professing to know anything about it other than a little film I've seen. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic to see him play. I want to see him take over the team and, and take it by the reins and, and just start winning games and take us to championship after championship. But... It doesn't have to be this week. It doesn't have to be next week. It can be week 16 for all I care. Uh, just let well, it Well, everybody's out. saying, you know, once they, once they start playing, you know, there's an adjustment period to the speed of the NFL, and, and right. rookies usually struggle their first year. They do. They so do. the quicker you throw them out there, the quicker you get that, you know, struggle period over with. That's, that's and that's true. that's the reasoning for a lot of people wanting to get them out there now. But my thinking is, it doesn't matter because your offensive line is not quite ready yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, you and, just and you, you you don't want to put him out there and ask him to do something he's not equipped to do. And I don't think he's equipped to be throwing the ball in two point two seconds. Yeah, that's what I was just as, a, say. as a rookie. You so. just you just mentioned that Fitz is getting it out of Dodge yep. in two just over two seconds. That's uh, that's a that's a hard pill to swallow for a rookie. Yeah. What purpose would it serve? In all honesty, I mean, are are we going to be that much better with Tua at quarterback right now? I don't think so. Uh, I think Fitzpatrick uh, didn't have a really good game last week. Uh, you know, the week prior against Jacksonville, he he threw two incompletions. Um, you know, so. Could Tour have done better against Jacksonville? Could he have done better against San Francisco? I don't know. But the point is, is that, you know, one way or another, the team around him is still going to be the team around him. Uh, he's not going to be able to uh, go out there and play corner 
and safety when they, you know, when they blow a coverage down right. the field on defense, he's not going to make that that big a difference on this football team right now. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, I think we take a step backwards if, in fact, he came in at this point because you're going to have a guy that doesn't quite understand what's going on right now and has not worked with these guys as Fitzpatrick has. Um, the offense has been crisp for the most part. Um, I, I've been very happy with the way they have moved the football this year. Now, can Tua come in and do do different things? Possibly. Can he extend plays, run around, throw a deep ball down a field? Very possibly. But You didn't sound you, happy 10 minutes ago. What's that? You didn't sound happy 10 minutes ago. In regard to what? With the way the, the offense. No, I, yes. Mike, I'm, I'm not happy with the coaching staff and and what they're doing. The the offense in general has has been okay. I'm not overly concerned with, with Fitzpatrick. Uh, the coaching staff and what they have done compared to what we did last year is like night and day. And that's where my frustration is setting in because you're not seeing deep balls. You're not seeing any kind of imagination involved in our offense. Now, no, I get that. I get that. Lou, you know, but, you know, that's not going to change it, with, uh, with Tua. Tua that's my there. whole point. You're still yeah. going to have the same players and the same coaching staff coaching the same game. Now, maybe they would throw in different plays for Tua, but, you know, at that point, Fitzpatrick's probably better in in certain ways than Tua is. And let me tell you something. If Fitzpatrick was playing horribly bad, Flores would be the first guy to say, listen, you know, we're going to go a different, we're going to go a different route. He did it last year with Josh Rosen. And Rosen isn't even comparable to what Tua is. So um, he's not afraid to do that. But he doesn't feel that it's the best scenario for the team and the best chance for them to win is with Fitzpatrick right now. And that's what people have to understand. It's that simple. You know, Tua is going to have his day at some point, but now is not the day. And next week is probably not the day either unless Fitzpatrick gets hurt or he throws six interceptions this week. So, yeah. Another thing to consider is Fitzpatrick is often our leading rusher. I'm not right. sure I'm too I'm not sure I'm too comfortable replacing Fitzpatrick with Tua at this point and kind of well, I mean is he going to slide put him is he going to is he going to scramble exactly. are yeah. you going to put him at risk like like Fitzpatrick he, he doesn't care he puts his head down and trucks people you know it's all good he smiles and and thinks it's great but <laughs> I, that's not really the position I want to put my my uh my rookie quarterback in you know we've seen the hits that uh Joe Burrow's taken in Cincinnati. He gets handed, handed, and handled, and handled. And uh, it's, it's he's a little bigger kid, though. <laughs> he yes, he is. He's not coming it, off know, of the remind- injuries to has either, right? You know exactly. And this is the thing that, like, it, you know, I just assume this offensive line get a few more games under its belt, and uh, you know, be a little more consistent in the run game and pass protection to give him that extra half a second. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, you, you can force it. You can throw them out there and feed them to the wolves. But I just think with where this offensive line is, it's it's not the time. Give the kids up front a little time to, uh, you know, uh, communicate and uh, just gel. And I think you'll see you'll see to it before long. But now is not the time. I just think people have to have some patience. 
Well, I, I think a lot of people are still looking at our record and thinking about playoffs. And Well, they you need know, to stop that right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is this is a complete teardown. I mean, nobody likes to win to to lose, you know, too many games. Uh we've been losing for too many games for too many years now, but well, all right, but look at who he played. I, it, you know, it's foolishness. Yeah, you know, I we know. we played three of the elite teams in the league. Yep. Agreed. In Jacksonville. And we played and we them beat well. Jacksonville. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we were so, we were in all four of the games, which we is were a huge stride ahead of last year. So absolutely. So people just need to understand where we are and what we're doing. And and what we're doing right now is playing the best we can. We're not equipped to beat the best teams in the league just yet. That'll come. Yep. I mean, it, listen, it, there's a whole different dynamic to going to Tua. Uh, you know, he's left-handed. You start off with that, right? So you basically have, you know, a whole different situation in regard to your tackles, right? And who becomes more important and who doesn't. I don't really care either way. But the point is, is that Tua, I'm sure, does things better in certain circumstances than Fitzpatrick does. And I'm sure Fitzy does things better, you know, when he's on the football field. And right now, you know, they're, they're really it really doesn't make a difference. I think that Fitzpatrick is the perfect guy to be running that football team right now. The players love him. He's a leader. Uh, not that two is not going to be, or he isn't, but you know Fitzpatrick's got a lot of respect from other teams in the NFL and from his own teammates and his coaching staff. And I think that for this football team right now, that young offensive line, you know, you need that veteran presence out there, and and he's the guy that needs to be running the ship. Well, we can sit here and try and justify the decision from now until next week. But right. the, the bottom line is the coach decided that's the way it is. So right. until he changes his mind, people just have to deal. <laughs> it's that simple. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, and enjoy what you got. Enjoy watching the team grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and enjoy Kinley and uh, the other guys on the line. Uh, you know, I... I on defense, we've we've certainly got some growing pains. You know, Benogany has been uh, struggling, obviously. You know, but he's going to get better for it. So, you know, this is a process, and uh, you know, come come April, we'll uh, have a whole bunch of new kids to bring in, and uh, hopefully, some of them are going to be pretty good. So, a couple new toys. Yeah, right? as long as Houston keeps losing, we're in business. Yeah. <laughs> How about if some yeah. of the other guys, you know, start stepping up and, and making plays? Well, that's plays. another thing. Baker, you know, we talked about him Monday and a few other guys. You know, we, we do need those guys to step up or ship out one of the two. They have to. I mean, Williams, Gasicki, you know, he can't show up once every four games. I said that on Monday, and I'll say it again. And I know, you know, I know he's, you know, he's got all the talent in the world, but he's got to be much more consistent. And I don't know if bringing two out on the field is really going to change the way those guys are playing football right now. Uh, you know, those got now, if those guys were playing well and um, Fitzpatrick was, was the problem was holding him back, was right. holding him back. And it's like, man, you know what? God, these guys are wide open. He keeps overthrowing them or he keeps throwing, you know, into double coverage and that type of thing. I'd be like, you know what? It, it's probably time to make that move. But that's not the case. These guys are not getting separation. And as you mentioned, he's getting rid of the ball in 2.2 seconds. And you guys, you know, off the line of scrimmage are not creating any kind of separation. I mean, come on, you know, those guys have to step up once they do. And if Fitzpatrick struggles, 
then I understand the quarterback change. But right now, I just see it as a whole to where guys are not making big plays and getting those chunk plays and scoring touchdowns when we you need know, them. On, on one play, it's no separation. On one play, Fitzpatrick misses a read. You know, it's different things. You, you can't yes. just say it's one thing. The team is not playing well collectively, and, and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they'll get better. Huh? <laughs> They will get better. Uh, you know, we got to figure out, you know, is, is Williams the answer at receiver? You know, that that may take a little time to figure out. He's coming off a pretty significant injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gesicki, I don't know what the deal is there. I don't know if, if he's getting open and, and Fitz isn't looking that way or if it is really a lack of separation. Uh, I'd have to watch more game film to be able to determine that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the bottom line to it is this. They're, they're competing. They are competing. They're playing some really good teams competitively. Uh, you know, what's it going to take for them to make the next jump? I really believe it's a little more talent, and we know that's coming. So people just need to relax. Tool will get in there when he gets in there, and I'm sure when he does get in there, he'll be ready. He'll be prepared because they're taking this extra time to make sure that he is. So I think it's smart, personally. Agreed. All right, guys. Anything else you'd like to add? I'm good. I think that about wraps it up. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins. Let's get another win here. All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 